So, Kirsten, last time we ended the episode talking about the fact that you need to be able to measure your promise of value, your employer brand. Yep, and how well you're sticking to it. Exactly. And we also decided that that wasn't a short topic and we actually <laughs> need to spend a whole session talking about how you could possibly do that. Yep. So let's start, shall we, with the employer brand bit, first of all. Yep, okay. So what would you start with measuring, if you could? Because there's not a... There's, this is quite a difficult thing to measure, isn't it? There's, yeah, there's not no a kind of number. Measurement. Exactly that. Yeah, there's no. It, it, there's not a metric that yeah. you can quantify easily. Okay. Or but you might not think there is. But there probably are proxies. Indeed. Yeah, okay. Indeed. And these proxies actually will give you a better value because it covers a range of areas. So let's take one. Retention. Yeah. Okay. So obviously a bit of staff turnover in your business is a healthy thing. Mm-hmm. You need fresh ideas coming in. People naturally grow and progress beyond the limits of your company or, or your offering and so on. And obviously, some industries have very different staff turnover for figures than others. Yeah. So entertainment, hospitality, you're going to have a very high staff turnover because it's a very transient type of industry yeah. to work in. Or even IT, for example, where yeah. the way you learn more things is to move to a different company. Exactly. Yeah. But if you were to, say, take a professional services firm, let's a legal firm, an accountancy firm, for example. Mm. You work a lot with accountancy firms. Healthy turnover is probably somewhere between 7 and 10%. Mm-hmm. You will take out birth, deaths and marriages, as I yep. call it. Now, if it's higher than that, the costs skyrocket exponentially. So if you think about all the costs involved in replacing someone in a firm. So you might have recruitment fees, for yep. example. You might have training fees to bring people up. You might have your time, your staff's time, of actually hiring and recruiting people. And you have a loss of productivity. Yeah. Whilst that person either isn't in post or someone's coming up to speed. Okay. Now, you also have disruption to your existing workforce. Yes. So if someone leaves who's maybe a, a well-liked or core member of the team, if they go elsewhere, that might start other people thinking about Oh, maybe I could move elsewhere as well. And you often see teams disintegrate. So a high-performing team, one person leaves. It's a bit like putting the plug out in the bath. All of a sudden, everybody else drift away as well. Yeah, or even just um, people thinking, oh, I didn't realise we'd be able to leave. Or the other thing is just people worrying about the workload that's left after that person's gone. And that's the thing. Member staff leaves, there's going to be a transition period, someone else is going to pick up that slack. So that extra stress can then cause other people to then look elsewhere. So if you are retaining people without using things like golden handcuffs, be that money or stock options or anything like that, then you're doing well. Okay. So actually that's a pretty good measure of how well you're living up to the employer brand they bought into when they joined. Precisely. If people are staying with you, they're staying for a reason. Good. And particularly where we are at the moment with a pretty full economy, with full employment, people have opportunities. So if they're staying with you and it's not about the money, there's got to be a reason. Good. And a good reason. Yeah. Um, And that then leads on to referral as well. (laughs) So. I did a whole um, little video podcast on this uh, called Your Secret Recruitment Army, which is on the JCM Advisors YouTube channel. Do people working with you enjoy it so much that they refer their friends, their contacts Mm. to you? Okay. So if you have a team of 100 people in your business, you effectively have 100 recruiters. Yeah. Or you should have. 
and that's actually that's really true in franchising some of the best franchises don't recruit actively for new people mm -hmm. because their franchisees get their families involved there you they go. go my brother will love one of these yeah i'll get him on board yeah brilliant a classic one of those is cleaning companies yeah and they take over areas and areas and you find that the aunt's got one area the sister's got another area yeah. the daughter's got another area exactly that so that referral, it's a really good sign if really you're doing metric, well yeah if, you, yeah if people are bringing people in um and then i've got what i call cost of sale Mm -hmm. So this isn't cost of sale in the, in the sense of what, what you're saying. It's, it's, it's go back a step. So are you having to pay people to recruit? Mm -hmm. So that links to the above. Are you having to pay recruitment agencies, for example? Are you having to pay for advertising? But also, are you having to overpay to attract people in? Mm. Are you paying market rate? Are you paying above market rate? Or are you paying below market rate? Because now, sometimes sorry. what you're saying is, you can get away with below not get away with is the wrong word but you can get away with below market rate Completely. if people really want to work with you i'm pretty sure that google do not pay the best rates in the industry in the it industry no. but people want to work for google yeah. because for, for natural reasons and so you're paying the rate that you need to pay to get the people in mm. if you're having to overpay there you have your issue and i've long been a proponent of 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 Retaining people or paying people or increasing um, wages to retain and attract people, it's an arms race, yep. which you can't ultimately win. No. Because there'll always be someone that will pay more. Somebody with deeper pockets than you, so it's last yeah. man standing. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Now, now we get into the ones that people might not think are so directly linked with your employer brand, but customer feedback. Okay. Customer feedback is a good measure of whether your employees are happy for example how how does that work give me an example so if customers are happy with your employees they will take the time to write in with positive praise right okay if people are generally satisfied or they're unhappy so if they're unhappy they'll write in their complaint if they're generally satisfied they won't do anything if they feel that the employee has gone above and beyond they will write in yeah they'll take that extra effort i've done it myself I'm, I'm i'm very happy to complain about poor service but equally i'll very happily write in about positive stuff as well um if you have happy employees you generally have happier customers yep because so they treat good, them well exactly that so it's a good measure are your employees happy because if your customers are happy there's a fair chance that your employers are pretty happy as well because that interaction is working in a positive manner lovely yep and that links round to employee feedback as well so how much how often do you seek employee feedback mm. we talked about this in an earlier podcast did. i think didn't we yeah. absolutely and a lot of it revolves around not being afraid to seek negative feedback mm -hmm. so negative feedback is good yep negative feedback for employee means that the employee cares enough about your brand enough about your business to put their head above the parapet and complain in fact yes <laughs> yes when i worked in a, a a quite a well-known investment bank i had a friend who worked in um who worked in a different department from me but he used to get sacked pretty regularly <laughs> because he would he would tell the boss when he was doing things wrong he would give him negative feedback and the boss always sacked him immediately yep. and then about two or three days later reinstated him because he was quite often right hmm. and uh, I think while I was there he was probably sacked about four or five times 
And, uh, yeah. And, and it, it shows strong leadership, not the sacking, but the fact that you're willing to accept that feedback taken on board. That's yeah. strong leadership. That's, that's strong yeah. management. Yeah. You could have uh, had feedback from more of us. <laughs> we weren't all quite as brave as that. Well, that's it. And, and it's beware the quiet employee. Yeah. No, no organisation is perfect. Yeah. So if people aren't giving you negatives or things that you can work on to improve the situation, then frankly, they're not engaged. No. They don't care enough to, to put themselves out there. And actually that comes back to another thing we talked about before, which is appraisals and frequency. Mm. And you really need to be encouraging that feedback much more frequently than yeah. once a year. Through both formal and informal channels. And yeah. that's the thing. You can have your formal appraisals, but you need those informal channels as well. Yeah. You need that approachability. Yeah. If, if you're a business owner and one of your colleagues is not willing to come up to your desk and say, can I highlight this to you? then you've got a problem. Yeah. Um, so you, you've got to overcome that approachability issue. Particularly when, you know, what we're talking about here is people, what you're hoping that people are feeding back on is here is a better way to deliver on our promise. That's it. They care yeah. enough to fix it. They care enough to help you fulfil your promise of value to your customers. Absolutely. And, and that's okay. golden feedback. I and mean, that's, that's, it's, it's, it's and really it's what you valuable. Want. You Absolutely. want people doing that all the time. Absolutely. In fact, you want them not having to come to you to make the improvements if yeah, you can but, absolutely yeah. absolutely okay. so that and, and the sort of the final point around that and and around employees if you like is productivity yeah now there's loads of ways to measure productivity etc i'm very black and white about it in terms of happy people are more productive yep <laughs> it's just simply that people so, but that, how can you tell if somebody was to how would i know because i think people happy people that believe in what they're doing they're more engaged yep um, and they bring more of themselves to work. They, yeah. they go above and beyond to keep the promise of value. Yeah. So it's all those little micro things that they do. So, sure, everybody works their hours. Some people work longer hours, all the rest of it. But are people bringing new ideas to the table? Are bringing, people bringing you solutions, not problems? They come up and say, look, this customer had this issue. I fixed it. I fixed it using X, Y, and Z. Rather than coming to you and say, this customer's got this issue. Yeah. And that is a really good teller for whether your employees are really engaged with your purpose. If they're coming to you with, we fixed this, as opposed to, this is a problem, you know you've got a great team who are really A, behind you and supporting the, the, the business you've got and the values that you have. But is there a more tangible effect of that? I mean, is, are you going to end up making more money, putting it bluntly? Well... I think if you then twist this whole thing to promise of value, yep. then you can start seeing the, the, the economic metrics, if you like, of that. Ah, okay. Yes. So, yes. So from a promise of value point of view, which is how you're perceived by your prospects and clients as opposed to your employees, um, all of the things you mentioned are pretty similar really aren't they it, it, it should you would measure mirror. some of it, the same things yeah, yeah. It, it should almost be a, a two-way mirror so we can sense. start with a kind of the productivity thing is that if you have a really clear promise of value and you keep it when somebody becomes a customer with you um they are going to be willing to pay more yeah for that privilege so you increasing know, if i can't tell the difference between you you know one accountant and another accountant they're doing the same thing as far as i can tell they're doing the same thing the same way i'm going to go for the cheapest because mm. i can't tell the difference yep but if it's really clear that from 
a particular accountant, I'm going to get a better service. I'm going to get more attention, more care, more help, more proactive help. I am very willing to pay more for that than I would otherwise. So actually, having a promise of value and keeping it is going to get you more money from customers, basically. So you should be more profitable yep. per client. Uh, and some of the other things are very similar as well. So, you know, your cost of sale, of cost of taking on an employee, same sort of thing. Are you having to pay to enrol clients with you? Are you having to advertise, hire a sales force? You know, are you having to do things that cost you money before you get a client? Or do they just come to you spontaneously? And a classic example of that, one of my businesses, Broadnet, they've gone from naught to 2,000 clients without spending a penny on advertising. Wow. Because they've had referral, referral, referral. There's a local um, uh, event space um, near me, um, which, again, they've spent no money at all in advertising, a bit of time on social media. They've built this whole brand community who basically become their marketeers because they invest, customers invest in the brand. It's the old Kickstarter thing that we've, yeah. we've spoken about in the past. People want to be involved in brands they trust, like, respect, and feel that they're, they're making a difference. And I know I do it. If I find something that I really like, even if I don't buy it myself, I'm quite happy to go and tell all sorts of other people yeah. about it. So we know that works and that saves money. And the other side of that is, you know, apart from actually paying out, the other way uh, you can pay to take clients on is that you're underpricing to take them on. So you're discounting. And I hate, I really hate discounting. You should never that, need to do it. No, and that's almost the opposite of having to overpay for talent. Exactly. For exactly the same reason, but yeah. sort of the mirror of that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then similar to feedback from employees you know you want feedback from customers and what kind of feedback are you getting how often are you getting it how do you acquire it i mean the very best kind of feedback is completely spontaneous and unasked for you know so i think you mentioned the other day when we were chatting about this um you know the nhs people will spontaneously tweet you know, share on social media, tell their friends, oh, you know, I went through a terrible time with this illness, but the, the staff were lovely. Mm. I can't praise them highly enough. You know, if you've got to pay for recommendations and pay for referrals or um, testimonials, if you like, you're not doing something wrong, but, you know, it's kind of the best mm. kinds are the yeah. ones that you don't pay for. You don't even Org ask organic for Organic reach, isn't it? It's, organic, it's, it's, yeah. yeah. Everything organic is good. We know that. And again, as with employees, even negative feedback from customers is good because if they're telling you something's wrong, it's because they want you to put it right, and which means they care about you getting it right because they want to stay a customer. Well, that's it. And there is a difference between a complaint and negative feedback. Yeah. Isn't there? Are they, a complaint is a well, straightforward, a you, haven't you have failed to reach your promise of value because it's broken, this doesn't work, etc. That's reasonably straightforward. But then you get what I call quite detailed mm. complaints where people say, look, that didn't work. I really like this bit of this, but I didn't like that bit of it. Yeah. Once people start putting that balanced argument in a bit of feedback, you know that they're engaged. You know yeah. they're not just complaining for complaining's sake because they put positives and negatives because, as you say, they're trying, trying... They may even suggest solutions. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's, that's, again, it's the golden ticket, isn't it? Yeah. So the really important thing with all that kind of feedback, customer or employer, is... Um, employee, sorry, is to 
is to do something with it, yes. <laughs> to show that yeah. you're listening and that you act on it. So, yeah. That's Excellent. what I quite like in the in the employee context, the you said we did type stuff. Yeah. Which is a very basic tool, and a lot of companies do that now, and they'll put it on the staff notice board. I mean, it's very big in the public sector, but you said, boom, 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 we did, boom, boom, boom. And how powerful would that be for clients as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. Brilliant. Okay. And then retention again. It was, it was interesting, actually, that your healthy turnover is between 7 and 10% because the the same sort of ratio for customers is around 6%. You mm. lose around 6% of your clients through death or moving, yep. basically. Um, but if you can retain customers, and that to an extent depends on what kind of business you are because you may be offering a service that isn't just isn't could that be a one-off kind of it. couldn't it could yeah, be one-off yeah. you know funeral directors yes. uh say um <laughs> but uh you know i know for example that dog knows the the dog walking business i worked with they knew for example that somebody who got their dogs walked with them would stay with them for the life of the dog mm -hmm. which was about 10 15 years uh you know, when the dog passed away, they would have a little gap and then they'd get another dog and come back. Mm. So they knew that their customer lifetime value was huge. Mm. You know, you're talking about a 15 pound dog walk. Um, that life that translated into a lifetime value of around 40,000 pounds a client, mm. because by the time they stayed a long time, they also did the next thing which is they referred. Yes. So she knew that every one of her clients referred to her on average to other people. Hmm. So that also means um, you're doing something really right yeah. when people come back with a, with, the, with a different dog and say, yeah, I won't get my dog walked with anybody, anybody hmm. else now. And out of all of that, there's so much common language there. If we looked at the promise of value from your side and the promise of value from the employee side, it's basically the same topics. Absolutely. So it is measurable. You can absolutely measure things like customer satisfaction, employee satisfaction. And yes, you can use all sorts of advanced survey and psychometric tools and things like that. But even if you don't do that, even if you're just a small business... You can you measure can referrals. Very, very clearly. You can measure retention. Yeah. So what that... I mean, and if we think back to all the other podcasts that we've done in this series, um, what it comes down to is that your employer brand is your promise of value yeah or is part of your promise of value and your promise of value is part of your employer brand they're they all are, the same thing they're exactly. just being looked at from a different perspective exactly and i would i think what might even be quite interesting maybe this is for the next series hmm. is to look at how does it relate to other people your business interacts with like your suppliers and that is a whole topic there's a huge piece of that because if you look at it again your promise of value end-to-end -end supply chain and that's something that we should that could certainly be really quite interesting yeah. but i mean i think a nice way to sum it all up is uh, a little statement very popular with networking groups is uh, you know how you do one thing is how you do everything and you have to be consistent hmm. across everyone you deal with you are your brand or yeah. at least you should be you should be good place to end thank Thanks, you very Susan. much